This is a Woodside Church podcast. My name's Martin. It's great to be here again. Let's, can I just pray for us before we get into God's word? I would, uh, I value that. And I'm sure you would too. Father, we thank you that as we've worshipped, we've been reminded of who you are. Lord, I thank you that that's where we start. I thank you that even your word says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And Lord, we thank you that the more we learn to centre ourselves on you, the more we experience the life you have for us. We thank you so deeply, Lord, that, that the giving of your son was that cornerstone of what it meant to be centered on you. That we would know your son, Jesus, the, the risen King Jesus. And that our lives would be wrapped up in his in some incredible way. That his righteousness would be our righteousness. That his new life would be our new life. Uh, that his eternal destiny with you would be our eternal destiny with you. Father, we thank you for how you have done so much for us. And Lord, we pray that as we look at your word together, as we look at some of the questions in our society, we pray, would you be with us by your spirit? Would you speak to me and through me? Uh, Lord, would you speak uh, uh, to all of us? Would you help all of us to catch what you want to say today? Uh, Lord, we look to you. It starts with you. It's not about me, it's about you. And so, Lord, we submit to you first and foremost. So have your way and your will amongst us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's great to be with you. So I wasn't here a couple of weeks ago, which I was supposed to be doing this sermon. I wasn't feeling too well, but I'm fine now. You don't know that word? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) But it's great to be with you again. We continue our series, uh, which we've called Love, and we have been looking at some of the key questions that our culture uh, is asking at the moment, or has been asking for a while. I just want to make mention of something that I think will help in this series, uh, that I want to encourage you, if you can, for, if possible, for everyone to be there, and that's this Wednesday evening. We have someone called Andrew Bunt, who is our guest speaker, uh, and Andrew uh, is part of the leadership team, one of our churches in Hastings and Bexhill. Uh, Andrew studied theology in Durham University, specialised in biblical studies and biblical languages. So he knows what he's talking about. I just rock up and do the best I can. He's got a brilliant mind and he loves wrestling with difficult questions and communicating them in the way that is so helpful. And we've actually asked Andrew to come because we've asked him to look on singleness from the perspective of same-sex attraction. And Andrew would describe himself as someone who has same-sex attraction. And so he's walking this journey, uh, honouring what he believes the Bible says, uh, but doing with incredible grace and warmth and honesty. And so I really would appeal to you, if you can be there this Wednesday evening, the way to get there is to go, is to sign up through Church Suite. Uh, if you don't know how to do that, just speak to someone in the small hall in the welcome team. I'm sure they will show you how to do that. But you, you go through the website, sign up to Church Suite, and you can sign on there. 
Uh, we need to know a bit, a bit idea on numbers and, uh, and for, for layouts and things. So please help us on that. But we look forward to seeing you Wednesday, 7.30. Is that okay? All coming? Don't answer. Don't answer. I'm assuming you're all going to be there. We've looked at, a few weeks ago, we looked at the subject of homosexuality. And we did that in two parts. And today what I'd like to look at is a different subject, although clearly it's of a similar area, I guess you could say, but it is a different subject. And I want to look at what I've called a Christian response to transgender. A Christian response to trans, transgender. Let me say this at the outset. One of the things the Bible is very, very clear on, and one of the disciples, a guy called John, uh, summarized it incredibly well in one of his letters. And he, he said this, he said, God is love. And if you read 1 John, the first letter that John wrote, it's almost as if John just cannot pull himself away from that topic. It's almost like, say, come on, John, there must be something else you want to say. I encourage you to, to read that letter. It's like he keeps going on about this central theme of that letter. God is love. And when we tackle a topic like today, and, but actually when we, when we look at anything in life, we need to be drawn to and flow from that central message in God's word, that God is love. Let me say this as well. I realise that this subject, as like others that we've looked at in this series so far, for some this is, this is no academic exercise. This is no objectively looking at something. This is, this is what many, I understand, are experiencing and trying to navigate through with real pain and agony. And I want you to know if that's you today or someone who's close to you, you need to know, and I, I trust you will hear, that first and foremost, God is love. Yes? Church, yes? Because that's what we believe, don't we? We believe God's love you, God loves you, therefore we love you. God is for you, therefore we are for you. And that has to be underlined and repeated. And probably some of you are thinking, yeah, you said this a couple of weeks ago, Martin. And I'm going to keep saying it. Because it's the overwhelming message of the Bible that God is love. And ultimately, it was demonstrated in the giving of his son. I mean, how much more can someone demonstrate the love for us than giving of your own son? So if you would describe yourself as um, transgender or LGBTQ+, plus or gay or same-sex attracted or, or, or any other phrase that we are all very common, uh, commonly understand these days. I want you to know that God loves you and we love you. And you are very, very welcome here. In fact, I'd go further. I want you to know that you are made in the image of God. That God has made you. You may have many questions, but God has made you in his image. So we do want to unpack this topic of transgender and try and look at it from a biblical point of view. Of course, that is our reference point, And we do the best that we can to say this is what we believe the Bible says. But actually, there was a guy called Karl Barth who, who said this, which I found very helpful when looking at these type of subjects. He said these words, Take your Bible and take your newspaper 
and read both. But interpret newspapers from the Bible. Take your Bible and take your newspaper and read both, but, but interpret newspapers from your Bible. That is that as believers, we're supposed to have a grasp of God's word but also to have a grasp of the world around us and the questions that we're asking and people are asking. We're told those both things together in both hands, but actually we interpret the newspapers with what we believe God says. And the way I want to do that today is look at three areas. I want to look at understanding the times in which we live in, the sort of cultural perspective, understanding what the Word of God says, And then I want to look at how we live in the world around us. So let's look at that first one. Understanding the times in which we live in. Let's get a cultural perspective. Gender, what's known as gender fluidity, is the hot topic. You've noticed, right? It's the hot topic. This was particularly brought to the attention of popular culture in 2015, when a guy called Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner was a famous Olympian, actually, famous athlete in the States. And in his 60s, he began to say that he believed that he'd been a woman uh, and had been a woman on the inside for his whole life. And he'd essentially been waiting to allow that woman to come out. And Jenner transitioned fully, both with hormone treatment and with surgery. And he became the first transsexual man to appear on the front cover of Vanity Fair under the new name of Caitlyn Jenner. This is what uh, Caitlyn Jenner writes. I had lots of conversations and kind of came to a revelation that maybe I should be honest with myself about who I am and at that person. This woman, who has lived inside of me for my entire life, finally can have an opportunity to live. And it feels like since that moment, that was the most famous moment, if you like, in popular culture. It seems that from that moment, there's been a debate about gender and gender fluidity uh, that's been, uh, you know, everywhere. There's been other famous people. Some would be aware of these people, some wouldn't. A guy called uh, Josie Tota, uh, who was born as a man, as a boy. He was called JJ. He was a Disney child actor. And uh, Josie uh, said this, I realise over the past few years that hiding my true self is not healthy. I know now more than ever that I'm finally ready to take this step forward towards becoming myself. I'm ready to be free. Now calls himself Josie, calls herself Josie. There's also quite recently uh, Sam Smith, one of the popular singers in, in our nation. Uh, Sam Smith, I actually preached a sermon on Sam Smith a, a few months ago, you may remember. And, and even in the, the song that we reflected on in that preach, you could hear this heart's cry for answers in what Sam had wrote in those lyrics. Well, Sam Smith has recently announced that he now wants to be referred to uh, in gender, what was referred to as gender-neutral pronouns, which means rather than being called him or her, he wants to be called they or them. So they're gender-neutral pronouns. 
So that, and there's many debates, of course, about the use of public toilets. There's you know, outworkings of these decisions and questions. There's pronoun usage, as I've said. There's gender identity of children. Hormone levels in transgender athletes is now a, a real topic. And interestingly, when Sam Smith said, it was only probably a month or so ago, that he wanted to be referred to by neutral pronouns, the Brit Awards made a comment that they were considering whether... The Brit Awards is the Music Awards. Uh, they were considering whether they shouldn't have uh, male categories and female categories, rather having gender-neutral categories. So once you begin to unravel, you realise that the implications are very, very broad. Facebook, uh, a number of years ago, changed from its binary options when you were signing up to become a Facebook user and open up a Facebook account, and it changed them to, um, to have 72 different options. So rather than are you male, rather than female, Facebook uh, uh, presented 72 different op options. Uh, but they were criticised for being too restrictive. So there are categories that people wanted to align with and assign to which weren't, weren't included in Facebook's options. And so now it, it, you customise it. And so uh, you can put in whatever you want when you sign up to Facebook. Game of Thrones star Sophie Turner said this, she doesn't fall in love with people because of their gender, but because of their personality. And she's called herself pansexual. If you live in the Western world, which I'm not saying all of us do, you may just be visiting, but this is a question, or these are questions that people are asking all the time. And we need to ask, how do we understand what's going on? Are people born in the wrong body? How do people find who they are? Who am I? is underneath so many of the questions that people are asking. And culture is saying that identity is found on the inside. The real you is the real you who you are inside. That's what we're told. It's never questioned whether that's right or not, but we're told the real you is found inside and it never questions that. This is something, I believe, built on feelings, desires, but these change and sometimes contradict. So what is the real me? Do we, as Christians, because that's the perspective we're coming from, do we really believe that looking inside is the best way to understand the real me? Where's the authority? on who I really am. Now, in the midst of these huge questions are a number of different terms, and I don't claim to be an expert on these terms, but just to help us navigate uh, the world around us, these are some of the key terms. So, uh, biological sex, that is an individual is male or female based on their genetics, their chromosomes, or their external anatomy, that's what biological sex is. Gender 
dysphoria, which you will hear as well, that is the experience, genuine experience of distress and incongruence between biological sex and gender identity. In other words, some people, although outwardly they may be born male or female, on the inside there's this conflict, this incongruence between what they physically are and how they feel about themselves. For most people, their biological sex and gender align. But when people find them in conflict, that is called gender dysphoria. I read a story in the last few weeks of someone called, who was born a girl and uh, was named Louise. And from the age of five, uh, this, this girl wanted to live as a boy. And so from the age of five, uh, he lived as a boy. And at the age of 11, by depot, so legally changed his name to be Leo. And there's a, there's a BBC documentary about uh, Leo's life. I think it's called I Am Leo. And it tells his story, and he tells his story. I haven't seen, seen the documentary. I've just read the, the BBC account about the documentary. But Leo was one of the first children to be prescribed hormone blockers to prevent him from developing as a woman. And as I've read this story, I'm upset for a number of reasons. I'm upset for this poor child that is experiencing gender dysphoria, really, really, to the extent that, that she has become he and wants to be called Leo. You see, at the heart of toilets, pronouns, debates, is people. People. People that we probably know that are incredibly just having such incredible pain through trying to navigate how they feel and biologically who they are. This is real stuff. This is, I'll get to what I feel the Bible says, but I want us just to catch hold of this is, this is people's lives and this is incredibly painful. Just to add to our understanding, Oh, this is horrible. The attempted suicide rates for young people who identify as transgen- transgender, I t- I'm told, is 27%, compared to 11% of young, of young people who aren't other young people. And tragically, those who have surgery are 19 times more likely to die of suicide. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is horrific, horrific all the time. But this is real people. Do you hear my heart? I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not throwing rocks here. I'm just saying, my goodness, what people are going through and how they're trying to find their way, genuinely trying to find their way, of trying to work through the conflict they find with who they feel inside to who physically they are. I mean, there's many questions that are thrown up in my mind of, how do we best help people? And how the culture is choosing to help people. 
It's a confused world out there. It's a confused world. And I believe we have an answer. But it starts with, it starts with an understanding and a compassion and a love for people. It has to start there. The danger with Christians, with me, let's talk about me. The danger with me is I, I can rush to, 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 to what I believe the Bible says and I forget that this is a person. And uh, I, I want to... I want to, want to help me to, to, to understand what Leo is going through. Uh, you know, I don't know, the, the, I don't know him, obviously. And, uh, but I do know that in November, CBBC is going to be showing that documentary. So this is a struggle for Leo, but it's actually it's something that our children will be uh, experiencing the question. Do you understand? So we've got, we've got a culture which is struggling and genuinely going through these things and then you've got a culture trying to find how does it answer these questions. I'll keep going for a moment. But transgender, a term used to cover many experiences and expressions of incongruence between biology and inner identity. Transsexual individual who has experienced this incongruence and has decided to have hormone or surgery to actually fully transition to living from one gender to another. That would be like Bruce Jenner, who became Caitlyn Jenner. And we don't want to be those who stand with placards. We want to be those that surround with love and be the first to prevent and protect any sort of bullying of anyone who is going through this sort of moment in their life. One other category is intersex. It's a condition when your anatomy and the chromosomes don't make biological sex clear. In other words, when you're born, your outward or inner biology doesn't make it clear whether you are male or female. Uh, I understand around 130, I think it's 2% of births in the UK uh, each year are intersex, where you, you just cannot, you just don't know. Incredibly difficult. Some of us have been directly affected by this, but all of us will be direct, will be affected in one way or another. We need to know how we navigate this subject. So let's look at what the Bible says. Secondly, understanding what the Word of God says. We believe God's Bible, or the Bible, is God's blueprint for life. It speaks into every human issue under the sun. When the Bible says God is love, we're also told that Jesus is full of grace and truth. Therefore, we see God's love expressed through God's grace and we see God's love expressed through God's truth. Sometimes we can think, well, there's love and there's truth, but actually Jesus was full of both. Grace and truth is an expression of God's Love And so when we get into things like this, we need to understand that the word of God is not a, a critical, it's not, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not opposite to love. In fact, it is love. And so we see God's love and this blueprint for life for how we should live our lives. See, when God draws a boundary and says, don't go there, it's not for punishment, it's for protection. In other words, the Bible is designed that if we would live to God's truth, then our lives would flourish, would be the best they could ever be. 
In fact, the Bible says true freedom comes from knowing the truth in God's word and allowing that truth to set us free. We then discover who created us. We discover the relationship that God has for us with him. It's the truth that sets all of us free and allows us to flourish as human beings. Let me look at a few things that the Bible says. The first is this. The Bible says gender is binary. It's clearly, according to the Bible, that gender is binary. Genesis 1:27 says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. When Jesus was asked a question about divorce and remarriage in Matthew 19, he, he reminded of those words and affirmed those words from Genesis. See, God did not, and I don't say this flippantly, God did not create us for 72 categories, as Facebook attempted to define. He created us to be male and female. Culture says the way you find yourself is by looking in and self-diagnosing. Scripture says the way you find out who you are is not by looking in, it's by looking up. It's by looking up. We find our identity in Christ. We find why he created us. We find that actually he, we're created to be children of God with a relationship with him. God made us male and female. We were created in his image. If you're a man, praise God that you are a man. You were born to be a man. If you're a woman, praise God that you were born a woman. You were born to be a man. A woman. God formed you in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Secondly, what does the Bible say? It says that men and women were created with pairing and purpose. See, in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, it starts with God. In fact, I said that in my prayer, didn't it? Didn't I? In the beginning, God. But then there's these pairings that were presented that are described you get light and darkness land and sea sun and moon land and sea man and woman but actually each of those pairings are male and female so so male and female as the conclusion of that list isn't just uh, uh, insignificant it's actually part of a pattern of these pairings that God has for real purpose so Genesis throughout uses this binary language, male and female. And thirdly, in what the Bible says, we need to understand that the body really matters. The body really matters. It's not one of those incidental things about us. See, one of the philosophical thoughts that underpins a lot of gender fluidity is something very ancient. It's called Gnosticism. Some of you have been a Christian for a while. You may have heard of Gnosticism before. It's, it's a separation from body and spirit. It's, it's, like, it's thinking like the body doesn't matter, but what really matters is who we are in spirit. It's like a super spirituality that you see in the early church that Paul was writing about. It's called Gnosticism. And the underpinning is that somehow the body isn't isn't sacred, 
isn't, isn't, isn't God-given, isn't, isn't, isn't inspired by God. It's only who we are on the inside is inspired by God. It's called Gnosticism. But actually, the body really matters. The way the Bible describes about our bodies really matters. Even Christ's body really matters. Let me read Colossians 1. It says this, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. And 2 Corinthians says this, So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. See, actually, the New Testament affirms the physical body. It's not just who we are inside. So we have a cultural perspective that in the end is asking many, many questions and doing their best to answer very difficult questions. And in the midst of it, people are going through agony trying to navigate who they really are. And it's, it's, it's tragic. I think. But then I believe the Bible has an answer. It says, actually, there is a framework. There's a, there's a, I did create you man and woman. Uh, that there is a way to live this life that will flourish. Our bodies are important. Our bodies are part of what God has called us to live out. But thirdly, with these two seemingly areas of conflict... How do we live in the world around us? How do we demonstrate the values of Jesus? How do we walk this path? I've got just a few things I'd want to say. Number one would be this. And you could probably write this yourself. Love. Love. Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 said this, you can give all your possessions to the poor, but don't have love. It's like we can do all the right things. We could come to church, we could pray, we could read the Bible, we could give to the poor, we could love our neighbours, or we could do the right things. But actually, if we don't have love, what's it worth? A good definition of love is from Colossians 3.12. It says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What a description of what love is. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We lead with love. We lead with love. Secondly, how do we work this out? We be who we want to be, and that's a family to belong to. A family where everyone can belong. Jesus had this remarkable way of ensuring that the lost and the broken gathered around him. In Luke 15 it says this, now the, the, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. We're to be like Jesus, not like the teachers of the day who were gathering around him. Uh, experience in St. Nitz when Dawn and I were there when I was leading a community group as we would describe it and then someone asked the question in one of the, uh, one of the meetings uh, we had a barbecue coming up at the weekend and, and the question was simply that they had a friend who was a man but wanted to become a woman and, and uh, the question was 
would this person be welcome to come to the barbecue? And the concern was, was because the children would be there, they'd be asking lots of questions, they might be confused, da 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 da. And what was clearly the right answer was absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. And so this man who came just as a woman, I, that's, I don't know any more details than that, uh, came, had a fantastic time, was welcomed, was accepted, was loved. And described, felt something tangible that this is a place where maybe he could belong. And I don't know any more of, 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 of their story. But we want to be and we must be that sort of people. That's what Jesus was like. A family where everyone can belong. Do you know, one transgender person was asked this. What support would you have liked to receive from the church? They said this. Someone to cry with me rather than denounce me or criticize me. Someone to cry with me rather than denounce me. Andrew Walker wrote this. Ministry to those with gender dysphoria means walking with each precious soul through what could be years of psychological valleys. Only a Christian humble enough to recognize their own brokenness will be capable of walking with people through struggles that seem very different from their own. We need to realize that we're all broken. And we all need Jesus. And one person's story may be very different to your story. But that must be our response. And thirdly, something I'm particularly passionate about. We need to broaden our understanding, understanding of what it is to be feminine and masculine. We need to broaden our understanding of what it means to be feminine or masculine. You see, we live with some incredibly unhelpful gender stereotypes. Have you noticed? Of what guys are supposed to be like and what women are supposed to be like. And so we pigeonhole people. And we subscribe sometimes to the so-called toxic masculinity and the alpha male, the tough guy definition of masculinity. And I think if we do that, we are in error. Or if a man is effeminate, or enjoys company women, likes musical, enjoys a rom-com, some would say he's, no, he's, he's not a real man. He needs to like playing rugby or going down the gym or watch cage fighting. I mean, actually, I prefer all the former stuff rather than the latter, you realise? <laughs> I, I like musicals. I like watching rom-coms, uh, etc. Uh, or same goes for women. Same goes for women who enjoys rugby rather than uh, other classically female areas. You know, my daughter did ballet at school. And then she went to university and she played in the women's rugby team. <laughs> uh, she once took out a girl which was called Bunny. I don't know why she was called Bunny. I think it was her nickname. She was, she was a big lass, let's say that. And I, I've, I've, my proudest moment to this day of Esther is when she rugby tackled Bunny <laughs> to, to the floor. It's true. She knows this. Not quite true. Do you know, I, I as a kid growing up, I... I loved to dance. <laughs> I wanted to be an actor and a dancer. Are you surprised? Have you seen me move? Do you want me to moonwalk now? I mean, 
uh, and uh, I was, uh, so my mum and dad sent me to acting school, and I was absolutely useless at acting. <laughs> I, I can't act, but I can dance. I used to, when I used to, let me test, I used to go to school, and I grew up on, on movies. Do you remember, uh, some of you know, do you remember Morecambe and Wise did this, this, this thing, this singing in the rain sketch? Okay, so I'm trying to help somebody. No? Okay. Okay, well, it was, it was a guy called Gene, is it Gene? Gene Kelly? So, famous movie, uh, and he danced in the rain, Umbrella, and there was Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, and I grew up on those movies. I mean, they were old movies when I was watching them, but I remember watching, watching them. They were, they were. But I'm, and I just, because I'm not quite that old, but, and I used to, not sure if I've ever shared this publicly, but I did tell my wife this week, I <laughs> It's true. No, it's true. I, I'm, I'm not trying to make mock. I'm just, it's just trying to help us. So I used to dance as, as a lad, as a little boy, probably seven or eight. I used to dance to school, and I used to, you know, uh, it was. I used to go to Hazeldean School. So I used to go from the shops and go up the road opposite the shops. And I remember jumping on the walls and sort of, you know, doing spins and being Gene Kelly singing in the rain. I kept it quiet though. Who's going to tell anyone that? I think it's the first time I've said it. Dawn didn't know. I don't sure I told my mum and dad. Oh, I wanted to be a dancer. Just trying to help us. You know, we've got to think broader about what it means to be a man, a woman, a boy and a girl. It's interesting. One of the websites that is designed to help people if, they are, if they're experiencing gender dysphoria, if they're having that feeling that conflict, one of the questions they ask on the website is this. Do you often feel that your feelings and reactions are more in line with how someone of the opposite gender would feel or act? Do you understand what they're doing there? They're saying if you dance like a girl on the way to school, maybe you are a girl. Who do you feel inside? I wasn't a girl, I was a dancer. I am a dancer. (laughs) I'm not making light of this. I hope you hear me. So, things we need to do. Understand the times in which we live in. It's complex out there, isn't it? I mean, life was simpler 30 years ago. It's complex. And it's complex, one of the reasons it's complex is because of, of the internet. So something that happens on one part of the world is now, that's our world. And so, so it goes global very quickly. The other reason why it's complex is the cultural shapers of, our, of the Western world are celebrities. Not artists. Some, some of them are artists. Artists who are celebrities shape. But actually, it's celebrities that shape. And, you know, celebrities, I don't know. They haven't always got it together, have they? Put it that way. But they're shaping the way we think. Actually, next week, I want to look even more about how we, not on this topic, but on all topics, how do we navigate a world that has a story which is very different to our own? And I want to try and bring some principles, which I hope will help all these topics. But we've got to understand the times we live in. We've got to understand, though, what God says. And be confident that God is love and his truth is love. He expressed his love through his truth. 
Gender is binary. Our identity isn't found in here. It's found up there. So actually the whole world is confused until they find Jesus. And then we've got to navigate. We've got to know how to respond. We've got to love. We've got to create a place where everyone can belong. And we've got to avoid gender stereotypes. Allow people to express who they are but within their gender. And finally, for anyone who hasn't heard me say, God is love. God loves you. And we love you wherever you land on this tricky topic. Let's stand and pray together, shall we? I realise that this is, uh, you know, for some this is, this is raw and I appreciate that. just want to offer, uh, if you want to talk with anyone uh, today or pray with anyone today, you can do that into the service. Richard will be at the front and he can help you get to someone. Or if you want to do that more privately, we understand that as well. Uh, just uh, email the church office or email my email address or you can go to questions at woodsidechurch.com. That will come through to me. Uh, We want to love you and help you and serve you the best that we can. Um, Okay, let's pray, shall we? I'll pray and then I'll hand to Richard. Father, we thank you that you are passionately in love with us. If I can use that phrase. Your love isn't just, I don't know, it's it's real, it's living. It's, it's, It's demonstrated in your son, but it's alive in us now. We thank you that your love is available to us. And your, your compassion is here for us. Thank you. Lord, we pray for anyone who is walking this difficult journey, who is genuinely feeling that sense of dysphoria with biologically who they are and how they feel about their gender. Lord, we pray for them. We pray that you would help them. But the first step is that they would know you. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you would love them and you would uh, uh, communicate uh, all that you are for them. We pray that people wouldn't look inside, but they would look up and they would find the answers in you. And Lord, we pray for ourselves. Would you help us, Lord, to get this right? Uh, Lord, we know that there'll be times when we get it wrong, but Lord, we pray that would you help us to love people, to create a place where everyone can belong, wherever they are on this journey, uh, and be Jesus to them. Uh, Lord, we don't want anyone that comes into contact with us that doesn't encounter your love first and know that you're a God who loves them, who, who, who created them in their mother's womb. Uh, that there's something of... Uh, of, of that would be conveyed. Lord, we pray, would you help us in this as we help uh, and we uh, look to you uh, to shape our lives. Uh, we ask this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Rich. Thank you, Martin. Thanks very much. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.